Blue Wire. Welcome to episode 23 of the Real Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. On this episode, we're talking Andrew Luck's retirement, just straight out of the blue, Boogie Cousins' uh, injury and Dwight Howard replacing him, and some MLB playoff predictions. So let's get it. And down goes Frazier! Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! Curry, way down to What's up, Real Sports fam? I'm your host, Jack Stedman from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat, a 1 million following Snapchat account. Big news coming soon on the Snap and the Pod, but until we get there, we're just going to keep you in the dark. Uh, with me today is my co-host, as always, Abe Granoff. Abe, what's going on, brother? What's up, mate? Episode 23. I, I was trying to think of uh, number 23s, just brainstorming throughout the day. I, I couldn't think of many. Did you have any? I, I really don't have many besides, like, obviously my Instagram is jsettlement23. Yeah, I was yeah. 23rd. Um, I don't really have any. We'll have to think about it. As Wait, I think Lou Williams might wear 23. I, I think you're right. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good 23s. Whatever. If it comes to us, it comes to us. Yeah, maybe we'll think of it at the end. Uh, but first, uh, let's just get into it. I mean, where where were you when the news came down? Where was I? All right, here here's a funny story. So um, I was working, and for those who don't know what I do, I, I make and set um, gambling odds and prices for different bets of all sports, whatever. So when the news broke, what standard procedure is in my office to do is to pull down every bet that has Andrew Luck, the Colts, the Jack, like anything related to the Colts, like T.Y. Hill and bets, blah, 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 blah. Pull them off the site immediately. Well, and this might have been an inside job. I don't know. I got to do some research into who's working in my, in my building. But we're, it's like 1045 last night and the fire alarm goes off. So me and a few of my buddies that I work with, we had to evacuate the building. And I swear, Jack, we're outside for 30 seconds and all of our phones start buzzing and there's literally nothing we can do. We can't go in the building. Andrew Luck had just retired. I was like, I follow so many like parody Adam Schefter accounts, just like comedy accounts that like just to keep me humble from here from every now and then, like if I see something I'm and I, I believe it, I just got to take a step back and question myself. So that's what I thought this was immediately. Like this was a joke. Andrew Luck wasn't retiring. And lo and behold, <laughs> I mean, this was absolutely wild. There, there's no other way to put it. I mean, I just got four texts. It was like Andrew Luck WTF. And I was yeah, like, one of them was me, right? Yeah. I was just kind of like, like, what do you mean? WTF? Like he might've tore, he might've tore his knee or something. Like I thought he was going to be out for like the season because he, um, you know, well, he's he been is dealing going to be out for the season for sure. Well, he will definitely be out for the season. Um, but let's let's really just talk about the issue at hand, which is he gets booed coming off the field. So I'm curious because I'm going to have a little rant on it. But if you want to get your two cents in on it, what your thoughts were on the booing, on his decision, on the whole thing uh, overall. All right. Well, the booing, first off, there's no other way around it. It's fucked up. Um like the guy retired for legitimate reasons. Um, I understand as a fan, like that's your first reaction. Like 
Like when the, for instance, when the Raptors fans booed the KD injury in game six, they, they weren't, or they cheered. Okay, sorry. So it's a similar situation, except one's for the opponent and one's for your own guy. Um, it's a similar situation. The gut instinct as a human being is just to react as a fan. And I totally understand that. Um, that doesn't make it right. But like, I don't know. It's definitely messed up that they booed. But in the same breath, um, did Andrew Luck do much for the Colts in, in, yeah. his, in his six years? When he was on the field, so and no, no, no yeah. I understand that. When he was on the field, like he had the third most, the second most passing touchdowns in his first six NFL seasons. He had the third most passing yards in NFL history throughout his first six NFL seasons. But like the guy's biggest accomplishment was a Cincinnati Bengals wild card playoff win. Well, no, his biggest one was the twenty-eight point comeback against the Chiefs, which is an epic comeback. Um, He never – well, he went to the AFC Championship against the Patriots, and that was the Deflategate game. So, essentially, he was short of a Super Bowl by a game. Um, And a lot of people want to put it on the GM because he never – they drafted three offensive linemen uh, before the seventh round, so one through six, while he he was there. And all three were absolutely horrible until – Right, but that's what what makes the timing of this so weird is, like, they finally have, like, one of the top – Offensive lines in football, if not the offensive line, best offensive line. Because he's hurt again. He's hurt again. I know that. I know that. But they finally have that. They have a very good defense. They have a a competent GM, a competent coach. Like, this was the year where, like, Andrew Locke and the Colts were going for it. They were a very trendy pick. And it's just like, it's mind boggling at this time. It's definitely mind boggling. The one thing that I want to point out is Gronk retired this offseason, right? Right. Did did we hear a single word about the fact that Gronk was retiring and how it was unfair to the organization, unfair to the team? I know, the I, only count- go ahead. Is the fact you have your rant. The only counter is that there's a few weeks before the season. I get it. Like I, I guess that is the difference in the two. But like, what what's the difference between him and Gronk in this the, situation? The difference between him and Gronk in this situation, not the impact of like for the organization. But the fact that Lux came out of the clear blue sky, whereas there's been reports of Gronk mulling retirement for like a few seasons now because of all these back injuries. I get it. They've had all the same injuries, but that's like the, the true difference is that Patriots fans, not only do they have nothing to be sad about because all they do is win, but they knew that this was kind of inevitable, whereas Colts fans had this. Why that makes a difference? No, no, no. Whereas Colts fans had this this hope that like they could go back to the Super Bowl this year, like finally Luck was going to do what Peyton did for them and live up to it, and that that's really it was just the element of surprise. Like if this had been a story for the past few months, like the Colts are awaiting Andrew Luck's decision, then it wouldn't have happened the way it did. So I get the fans booing him because it's just a like you were saying. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand why. It I don't happened. agree with it either. But the idiots online who had time to actually take it in, think about it, and then still put out tweets and reports and stuff, digging on Andrew Luck is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. First of all, this is mental and physical health we're talking about. This isn't something – it's not like he broke his finger. This is mental and physical health that he's putting at risk for the rest of his life. He just had a kid. He has a happy wife. He said the game was not fun for him at all. It was just a, a rehab and an injury process. Like, no, I understand that, but 
I mean, it, it, in my opinion, it was literally just the element of surprise. I don't think Colts fans actually feel as a whole the way they were kind of viewed in the public's eye last night. But, like, it's crazy. Like, he was supposed to be, like, the the next coming of Peyton for the Colts. And, like, he was amongst many scouts the highest-graded quarterback, like, coming out of college, like, maybe ever. I mean, I know you have T-Law over him. Um, hmm. Well, no, it, it was Peyton. It was Peyton. And then it was him. And then it will be Lawrence as, like, the three you-can't-miss quarterbacks. Crazy, though. So, Luck was supposed to be, like, the Colts' next Peyton. And yeah. From all right, so Peyton left the Colts in 2012, I believe. Yeah. Since then, Luck and Peyton's side by side stats are pretty wild. Luck has a worse winning percentage, 61% to 79, a worse completion percentage, worse yards per game, a worse passer rating. Andrew Luck, I mean, Peyton went to two Super Bowls and won one. Granted, I know the defense carried him and he didn't actually, he wasn't actually the reason the Broncos won that Super Bowl. But it's just crazy to think that the Colts had this decision. And granted, at the time, it was the right decision. Like, you have this It was 100% the right decision. But it's crazy to look back and see the side-by-side numbers from 2012. And Peyton uh, is X amount of years older than Andrew Luck. Uh, Luck's turning 30 or something next month. And just Peyton's numbers just beat him since he left the Colts. I mean, the the internet is just a funny place because... Oh, the internet's amazing. How old are you? 23? Yeah, I thought you should know that, but okay. Okay, we're both 23, right? And it's episode 23, which is nice. Oh, by the way, I found some athletes. Um, J.R. Smith has worn 23 before. Oh, Jimmy Um, Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Arian Foster has worn 23. David Freeze, he had that big uh, RBI. Devin Hester. Um, But... The internet yeah, is I think, funny. I think that might be it. That I think that is everyone. Um, so we're about 23. Lux, 29, turning 30. So in seven years, if I told you, you could be married with a family, a kid, and have $100 million, would you question anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> so like if, if it's really just a matter of his physical and mental health, and what he gains from walking right away from a game that that he plays for our entertainment. Obviously, he gets compensated amazingly. That's why he has a hundred million dollars. But it's just a game at the end of the day, and uh, you know it's really for our entertainment. There's obviously real life jobs to this, and it, it really does impact the economy. But to walk away from the game that's going to make you healthier, make you happier. You're going to have a hundred mil in the bank and a family to then live your life and not have any pizza, not PTSD, but uh CTE, any aching injury. Like it's, it's almost a no brainer. The fact that he would even consider playing on mm-hmm. amazing that he's done over the past couple of years. So okay. he, left, he left a ton of money on the table, but it's a, you saw the press conference. The press conference was genuine. He was the most beat up about this and he took it like a champ because he had a plan. His plan was to let his teammates know, let the organization know, let his coaches know, and then they were going to let the public know. He was going it's about to happen at three o'clock today, right? And then, and then it's someone else's job in journalism. They find out the tip, so they they break the story. And what did Luck do? He didn't hide. He didn't wait till today. He he acknowledged everything. He spoke extremely transparently, extremely open. He did it like a true pro and a true. It's just a great, great. Great way of handling it. So okay. I'm also let me. There's one more thing. So you know I'm a big conspiracy theorist, right? 
Yeah, we know at the XFL. Okay, so let's just let's just tell the listeners. I was doing a little digging on the internet, and I just so happened to find out that Andrew Luck's father, Oliver Luck, is the commissioner of the XFL. Now the XFL is—they just came out with teams. I'm personally a Houston Roughnecks fan. Jack, you? The Vipers, Tampa Bay Vipers. I hated that logo, by the way. Um, I'm a big rough, rough, rough neck fan. Um, but anyway, this league is just coming out. They have one quarterback committed right now. Oliver Luck, his father, is the commissioner. You're telling me Oliver Luck's not trying to talk to Vince McMahon to have him throw a fa- sizable amount of money to come have Andrew Luck play in a less competitive league, a game, uh, a season that has less games in the NFL, has less turn on your body. Now, granted, I believe Andrew Luck. And that he's really going to stick away because he just seems like a guy that doesn't need football. Like he's just going to travel around and everything and just enjoy living life like with a smile on his face. But it'd be wrong if I didn't try and spin this in a, a conspiracy theory. So look out for Andrew Luck and the Houston Roughnecks making a, a push for him. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Um, if anyone has any words about Andrew Luck for me, Please find me. And, Get in the uh, DMs. I, w- I want to talk to some people in the DMs we'll, about this. We'll be sure to chat about this. Especially Colts fans. Them. I'm sure we have some Colts uh, fans out there. The majority of Colts fans who responded to my Snap story when I posted the news, were um, they were just more sad than anything. I don't think a lot were angry. I actually didn't see any angry responses, which I was happy about. But, you know, we obviously saw Colts fans. Colts fans, you want me to help you spin this? Jack, who's the coach of the, the, coach of the Colts? Uh, Frank Reich. Frank Reich also was the offensive coordinator slash QB coach of the Eagles when we won the Super Bowl. So I think he knows what he's doing with backup quarterbacks. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. So you're, you weren't doing your job because there was a fake fire, um, but I managed to get down some money that the Colts would win under nine and a half games. Oh God, I ended up getting money on the Jags over eight at plus 115. So I plus, did something. I win the division. So if, uh, if, if everything pans out, we'll have even more giveaways for the real sports. This, this all whole luck thing really made me think, like, what if the Eagles did franchise tag Nick Foles right now? Like, what are we getting for him from the Colts? Like, they're blowing up our phone about him. Yeah, absolutely. But, I don't even know if there's a like maybe Keenum. Well, actually, the funny water. thing, people are really high on Brissett. He's only 26. He's been trained by Belichick. He did just as much as essentially Jimmy G did. Yeah. He, had, he had one bad season. Brissett did, but like it was a, it was his first year in the offense and everything. So they're hopeful, and I actually think they are, there are good coaches in in Indy. So I'm curious to see how how it goes for him. I would love to see him succeed as long as it's you know. Yeah, I, I really don't think the Colts are going to be like as bad as people think. Like they have a stout, very good young defense, and like just like I said, one of the best offensive lines in football. Well, the difference and it starts. It starts up front. It's obviously there's been probably bigger drop offs in the past, but when Luck's been off the field, the Colts have been the worst team in all of football. Like over the past six years, like when he doesn't play, they just lose, and that's why his impact is going to be missed so so much, even more so. Like. When Payton left, they were horrible. And then when Luck was hurt, they were horrible. So uh, I, Brissette, I think, is a better replacement than they've had in the past. But I don't think I he's think they're tagging for T-Law. I mean, that. imagine that string of – They of just luck out. 
Peyton to Luck to Trevor <laughs> Lawrence would be insane. It would be the three most highly touted prospect quarterback of 20 years. For the All record, right. by the way, we were talking about um, the weapons he has around him. I've told you I was a big fan of Marlon Mack. I take yeah. it back. Hey, yeah, we're getting the Marlon Mack. Uh, I take it back. I really did think he was poised for a big year, and I think he's a really good running back. And we'll definitely discuss that on Thursday's pod. Stay tuned for our fantasy pod. I personally have two drafts this week, one tomorrow, one Wednesday. Um, So I'm kind of in mock draft mode. But I'm not as high as I was on Marlon Mack anymore. (laughs) Good. You lucked out then. No pun intended. Whoa, 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 whoa. Too soon. I didn't even mean to do that, which is pretty funny. I've seen, I've seen those jokes all over Twitter already. Really? Also, Zach, if, if you're Andrew Locke, you're scared. You see OJ Simpson's tweet? Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, that was actually pretty funny. A bunch of people drafting him. like And and Lamar Miller. I saw one guy had Lamar and Locke 10 minutes before. I saw that. Last year, last year, I drafted Jarek McKinnon. He got hurt 12 hours later. Towards ACL. Uh, Blake Griffin, Anthony Davis, Frank Gore, all number 23. So that kind of rounds out the list. Uh, okay. Um, so sliding over to basketball, before we talk Dwight and uh, DeMarcus, did you know that uh, Stephen Curry is older than Derrick Rose? I literally just saw that before we hit record on this. How crazy is that? Isn't that crazy? It's wild. He's older by like a like, because when you think of Steph, you think of the young, the young guy. I know he's been yeah, getting. Yeah, you older think the new generation. You think of D Rose. You think about the old NBA and that one MVP season he had. You think about but, Rose. You think he's like fifty. Yeah, like but people 30. forget that when Derrick Rose won that MVP, he was the youngest MVP in league history. By the way, when I was looking at the the Warriors lineups, Legion Hoops does a really good job of putting out updated lineups. Um, they're going to be nasty, and I've said it the before, Warriors, and I. Was the Warriors, when Clay comes back, it's Steph, D'Lo, Clay, Draymond, Kavon Looney, Willie Cauley Stein. Like they're going to be very, very right. good. I, I saw the same. I saw the same graphic that you did, and they put um, Willie Cauley Stein, and Alfonso McKinney in their starting five, and yeah, like that's well, not doing it for me. Well, Cauley Stein could start over Looney. I don't think he will, but they put McKinney because they put Clay on the bench, which is fair because right. he's coming off the ACL, but. You're telling me that five isn't one of the best in the league? You're crazy. They won't defend a lick, but who's going to stop them on offense? Uh, probably. We'll get into this in the NBA. Not yet, Jack. Not yet. All right. So your favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Not true. That's not – stop doing this, all right? All right. Your West Coast team because apparently there people teams on both coasts. Uh, no, I just – I don't understand why I can't be supportive of another team. Like I need every other team to go 0-82. Like that's – unreasonable i'm a basketball fan would you rather the lakers win the title uh no i can't even come up with something but all right so the lakers over the lakers eight days a week no i get that but let's say the sixers are out they get eliminated in the second round oh it's the lake show okay um it's the lake show showtime uh so the lakers signed dwight uh, because Boogie got hurt in practice, which is another tough. Like, talk about Andrew Luck. Boogie could come. Oh my God. I feel so bad for Boogie. He did just get married this weekend, so congrats to Boogie. Congrats, um, Boogs. Also, another hilarious turnaround. Remember when Boogie, literally 18 months ago, was the most hated player in basketball? He was a cancer to the team. He was getting constantly tacked. He couldn't win. And then now he's like, everyone like loves him. They're on his side because he's gone through. I mean, you, you feel for a guy that. 
all that, he wanted to do was prove himself to get that big contract. It's just and like he did everything he could. Yeah, but you he have took all yeah. the and then you have his antithesis, which is Dwight. Dwight was everyone's favorite player in the league. He was the youngest center to lead his team to you know an NBA Finals, and then just since then, it's been a constant drop off to now. Like the funniest tweet was from I forget if it was Woj or Shams, but they tweeted like. Rajam Rondo and JaVale McGee had to sign off on White uh, and see that he's like going in a different direction. I didn't even know that he was like such a like poorly looked upon player in the league. He just he just constantly the story about Dwight is just him beefing with coaches and front office and thinking that his role should be bigger than it is. Where yeah. like people have to understand that the NBA is just like change. Yeah. What I saw what was the most intriguing thing to me is so the Lakers sat down with Dwight Howard and wanted to say like can they trust him blah 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 in his role like can they trust him to embrace a lesser role than he's accustomed to um in his old day he was obviously one of the best centers in the league if not the best center in the league and he was treated as such and then obviously he's fallen off um but you know what's interesting two years ago in Charlotte he averaged 17 and 13 a game so like he was averaging like a high-end triple-double. I mean, sorry, double-double. <laughs> yeah, 17 and 13 in Charlotte. Yeah. And then he went to Washington. There was some crazy stories that came out of that. Yeah. But anyway, so no, we, there was a whole meeting with the Lakers, and I see a quote from a Shams tweet. It says, can we trust you to guard the likes of Joel Embiid? Can we trust you to embrace your role? He must be one damn good lawyer to convince him that he can defend Joel Embiid at this stage in his career. He, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. He's still, like, if anything, I'm worried about his offensive game. Defensively, I think he could lock Embiid. Athletically, <laughs> what, what do you think has changed? Uh, just, apparently, he loses 20 pounds every offseason. That's, like, the new thing with Dwight. He's added something to his game, and then we never see it. Um, I mean, you so, no, I, 17 and 13 in Charlotte. You're plugging in 17 and 13, or you're plugging in 10 and 8. That's still massively productive for a Lakers no, team. Of course it is. I just don't think he's in the likes of the top no, one or two not, big men in basketball. There's no doubt that in my mind that he'll be able to guard. I just don't, I don't think he'll be able to score on the likes of MB. He won't be. I don't think he'll be able to guard out in space and on the perimeter. Out if in people sp- throw a small ball. I guess tough. if people throw a small ball lineup, then then he'll throw. Then the Lakers will also throw a yeah, small ball and play. what he's resenting which is the whole reason they signed him um just like if ad's not willing to play the five the lakers aren't going to win the championship i agree and this is honestly like people are like shitting on the lakers for this move just because it's the lakers and it's another big name it's lebron memes what it's just memes like people on the internet are so obsessed with memes and so their whole vision of sports gets like confused like they think Tatum's this amazing basketball player he's been pretty average in his career he had a good rookie season and then they think Dwight is like because well the stories I get why but they if you look at his own court production it's it's unbelievable in terms of what he's compared to so it's it's a massive signing for them he's he's better than JaVale McGee isn't he no, no, hundred percent. And the people, what people don't realize, like the people that are trolling the signing or whatever, like it's a non-guaranteed deal, which it's a low-risk, very high-reward deal for the Lakers. Whereas if they're beefing, if him and Jared Dudley are fooling around in the locker room showers after a game and they don't like that, 
they can cut him on the spot without any financial liability. What do they do about Dudley? Dudley's good people. Yeah, people. Well, another another hilarious swing of momentum. Dudley was like the most hated troll in the NBA during the playoffs, and then a month later, he signs with the Lakers, and now it's he's he's the most amazing veteran leader in the league, and everyone loves Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley, what? <laughs> he is a very I, from what I've heard from like basketball analysts and other players around the league, like. This guy's like a James Jones in Phoenix where, like, he's destined to be a GM one day of yeah. some sort. Like, his knowledge of the game is just that elite where he can contribute to a championship team in that way. He needs um, other than that, he looks like a Looney Tune. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know what he can do physically for them, but I think that he's a good locker room presence for them until him and Dwight are caught fooling around. He can't imagine. Uh, imagine Le- Taco Dwight. At LeBron's Taco Speaking of which, I think LeBron missed out on Taco Tuesday last week. You think everything's okay? I think uh, I should send him a, a yeah, fan letter? Shoot him a text if you can. Check in on him? Yeah. Um, all right. So, so net positive move for the Lakers. Sorry about Boogie, obviously. Question. Question, actually. What do you think is next for Boogie? Because to me, I see big three and Ice Cube. Stop. That's so mean. Seriously. Uh, no, I'm I'm being honest. No, like, do you I, think he can? Do you think he can come back to the NBA after this torn ACL, torn quad, torn, <clears throat> uh, torn Achilles? It's going to be tough, but he was doing it. You know, like is this third injury really the difference? I don't know. Like, I mean, the quad was. There, it's not just it's not just any old injury. It's an Achilles and an ACL. Well, which one was this? This was an ACL. This was the ACL. The Achilles was in New Orleans, and the quad yeah. was in the playoffs this year. Really, this should be the easiest to come back from. So they said the reason, one of the reasons why he tore his ACL is because you cannot play on any injured quad, and like that's why it was just one one NBA player who had torn his quad was like he knew right away when he heard the report. He was like, "Yep, he was playing on a bad quad, and that's what it just destroys your whole leg." So, uh, all right. I mean, I think the, I think the boogie injury really speaks volumes. So like. While you're seeing a lot of these guys decommit from Team USA, like, and ever since the Paul George injury back for Team USA a few years ago, like, these guys are putting so much wear and tear on their body. There's no for, uh, anymore. If you're, what do you, what'd you say? If you're going deep in the playoffs, there's not, there's not really an offseason. Exactly, there's no offseason, so there's no reason, there's no reason these guys want to play. Um, 11 for team usa for all this well, stuff speaking of team usa we talked about it a couple pods ago you said you weren't worried i said i was we lost to our trouble for the first trouble in paradise my friend trouble in paradise i looked at the roster i mean it's obviously solid but it's a lot of iso ball you know just like just guys who who have no chemistry these these australian teams the spain serbia they've all been playing together for years and the usa team it's like a it's a rotating door. Obviously, our talent has always been levels above. They lost to Australia for the first time ever. Uh, they haven't looked relatively good at all. They lost the G League, whatever, super team who they played. Now are you finally worried? Like, I think I, – I, I was a little just like over the top about Team USA that we shouldn't worry. Um, I do think they'll still win gold. Um, maybe it won't be as easy. I just think that guard play in international play is the most important. I think Kemba will really be the difference for them. 
You think Kemba's really this this amazing guy? So I love Kemba. I well, love Kemba. I stayed home sick. I stayed home sick back in like middle school or whatever. I love and the Big Kemba. East tournament was on, and I saw the step back against Pitt, and I fell in love. Yeah, and I loved him, and then he carried them through the tournament. And he's you know he's he was a winner in college, but he's just never done anything in the NBA. So here's his chance. They have the best. He's finally in a situation. Yeah, the the best talent. If he's not superb and doesn't lead them to a gold then we can officially move De'Aaron Fox past Kemba. Speaking of guard play in the NBA, I wanted to ask your opinion on this because I don't think we talked about it. What do you think about the whole Devin Booker double team thing in pickup? Oof. We promised them. What are your view? Who Are you team Joakim or team Devin Booker? We promised them we would do MLB. We'll do MLB. We can get to that right now. Just, what do you think about that? Oof. What do I think about that? I think that – Who are you team? Are you team Joakim or team D-Book? I'm team Joe. Because I'll go first. Me, I'm – I'm team D book all the way through. Like I did not because of not because of the reasons he stated. Like this is summer. Like this is pickup. We need to work on our game. I get doubled all season. But from the eyes of the defender, like it's pickup. If you can't guard your man one on one and pick up, then go guard the fat kid with two shirts on. Like I don't think this fat kid with two shirts on playing in in any of those runs. <laughs> Right, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's an analogy. Go guard the worst player if, if you can't stick your man. Like, when you check up and you play pickup, like, it's a war one-on-one. And if you're getting if you're getting worked, you're getting worked. Yeah, but that's that's what it is to me. I think it's that the concept of if you want to go work on your game, take t- after your little pickup run, go pick someone up and go one-on-one versus them. If you want to play real basketball, I don't care if it's a regular season game. I don't care if it's a playoff game. I'm trying to win a pickup game. I'm trying to stay on the court. What if there's three teams of five behind you? I was going to say, I was going to say, what I wanted to know about the situation was the score of the game, what was going on, if someone had wins. But... I don't care if someone has wins or your second or third. I, I'm trying to win the game, and if that's the way to do it. By the way, if Devin Booker is getting double teamed, that's such an advantage in a pickup game. You're running four on three with unbelievable players. Like, just – that's easy. I get you don't get to work on your game, but that's also a different opportunity to work on your game. Passing out doubles, dribbling out doubles, scoring through doubles. Like that that's totally an opportunity. If if him getting doubled in a pickup game is preventing him from working on his game, he's probably not working that hard on his game outside of pickup games, which is the real concern to me. Bro, you're telling me if the score is like three to one and they just checked Rock and like Joakim sending a double, like come on, dude, do less. The reason I love it so much is because it's Joakim Noah just, just sending double team. Yeah, who does he think he is? It's kind of epic on his part. I love it. I, I really think I'm too buck through and through. I, I like the concept of we're trying to win the game, whether it's pickup or whatever. All right, that's enough NBA. It's still August. Yeah, we got time. All right, final thing on the pod. Uh, we, we're doing – normally we'll do Monday Mailbag segment here, obviously, but we're going to do questions for the pod or for the Fantasy Football Podcast, which will be on Thursday. So look out for those. Um, first, let me just run through a little sponsorship from ShipStation. When you're selling on getting your orders can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free 
For 60 days, that's two months, when you use code BLUE, that's B-L-U-E, there's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the mic at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Abe, uh, I don't even think, we'll talk about it for like 30 seconds, but when I was watching the college football game last night, the late one, Arizona-Hawaii, a ShipStation ad actually came up, which was funny. Uh, Speaking of college football last night, thanks. I predicted 26-20 UF. It was 24-20. Yeah, I had 20. It was pretty good. I had 28-20. It was a sloppy, hilarious game, but it was good to have college football back. And then oh, you didn't stay up for Hawaii, Arizona, did you? No, I had worked today. Nutty game. Uh, Cole McDonald. Shootout. Cole McDonald, Hawaii's quarterback, throws three touchdowns and three picks in the first half. He then throws a fourth touchdown in the second half and then throws, like, two more picks. <laughs> he gets pulled, even though he had 300 yards and, like, five tuds. Uh, the backup comes in, leads them to two scoring drives. Hawaii can't put the game away. They're down seven. 50 seconds left from their own, like, 15. They drive all the way down to the 30. Ten seconds left. No timeouts. Khalil Tate scrambles and gets tackled at, like, the one-and-a-half-yard line, and the time expires. It was, it was like, crazy. It's a hell of a game. Way to start on top of football. Back, and we're hype about it. Um, go Texas. So MLB coming up, obviously, right now, while we're recording, it's Sunday night, Sunday night baseball. Two best teams. Well, not the two best teams. I think they're the two best teams in baseball. So that'll be my World Series prediction. I'll just get to it. Yankees, Dodgers. I know the Astros have the pitching staff, but look, they Verlander's lost, like, Two or three of his last starts when he's been a massive favorite. The Yankees are 100 times better than the Orioles and the Tigers. Um, and I know he'll turn up for the playoffs. And I'm not scared of Granke in the playoffs. And the Yankees have been the best team the entire year in the AL. They just smack the ball no matter who's been in the, in the lineup. Their pitching, will, it, it should come around. Maybe it won't. But I think they actually have the firepower to do it. And then when I look at the NL, it's just like, the Dodgers lineup is not that good. They're pitching as obviously pretty damn good, dude. No, it, I'm telling you, it's really good, but it's not like the Braves have a better lineup than them. They have the best offense. Like the end of this lineup is Taylor, Beatty, Barnes, and then the pitcher. Like the top five, Jock, Muncy, Turner, Bellinger, and Seeger is nasty, but I just don't think well, that AJ Pollock's not in the lineup tonight either. Yeah, but I'm saying like it's nothing crazy like the Yankees have so I think the Yankees get out of the AL but I I do think the Dodgers get out of the NL because they're just levels above every other team everyone it seems like it's Dodgers then the Braves are like a decent chunk below and then it's like just a hilarious crapshoot for the next few spots right uh I, I agree I think the Dodgers are coming out of the NL um even though I think that the Braves might have the better lineup throughout to me when I look at playoff baseball and what matters in October, it's obviously pitching and the bullpen. And though the, the Braves did add Edwin Diaz, who is unbelievable in the fact that he just never gives up runs whatsoever, um, they have the NL Rookie of the Year most likely in Mike Soroka, who is a stud so far, 10-2 and two with a 2-4-1 ERA. I just think that the experience, like 
you're throwing a rookie out there in game one or two of an NL, of an NLCS. Like, I granted that Kershaw isn't any better in that situation. He's a huge veteran, but I'm going to take the experience of the Dodgers being that this would be their third or fourth straight pennant. Uh, I think this would be their third. Yeah. Anyway, this so I got the Dodgers coming out of the NL. Um, even though I do love the Braves lineup throughout, uh, Acuna is just – he is special, man. Like he's yeah. doing stuff that Trout was doing at this young of an age with the stolen bases and the home runs. He's so fun. Yeah, and out of the AL, I'm steering away from the Yankees for the exact reason you said of the pitching staff. Um, I think the Astros have the lineup to compete with the Yankees, um, have the firepower. Obviously, it's not as much firepower as the Yankees um, because <laughs> – an off-season addition for the Yankees is like a debatable MVP candidate in DJ LeMahieu, but yeah. the the Houston Astros still have great bats, and whether or not they're performing throughout this entire year consistently isn't much of a concern for me because I think that they know what matters come October and they can flip the switch at at any given moment. And then just just look at the staff. I mean, the three-headed monster. If you're throwing out Garrett Cole. Uh, Verlander and Granky for three games, like, dude, that that three games in a row that might be seven seven innings, no earned runs. Yeah, I just I don't think Granky. You know, we talk about Kershaw being not that great in the playoffs. I think Granky's kind Granky's of Granky's also got that against him. He's got what? He's got that that playoff thing that Kershaw has, but That's what I'm saying. so yeah. you're you know the free seven earned runs plus. You have to think that the Yankees have a good chance at getting the uh, at getting home field, right? Right, of They're course. They play it in the league field. So, so if they get home field and then they can get a win off of Verlander, Cole, and then all they gotta do is beat Cranky or like a Wade Miley in Houston and then take care of business again at home, it seems very favorable. The Rays do not scare me if I'm the Yankees. The Twins nor the Indians don't even like even. I mean, I mean, the Indians have yeah. been one of the hottest teams in baseball um, for they, for a long time. They they dropped uh, six of their last ten. The Twins now have a three game or three and a half game lead. Yeah, and they just lost uh, Jose Ramirez today to a broken hand. Oh wow! Yeah, that's huge. Big Nats back up there though. Good for the Nats. The Nats, the Nats really do have a good lineup, um, but I just don't. That's why they're the sneakiest team in the NL because. You throw out Scherzer and a good Strasburg start, you can win and anywhere. And don't forget about Patrick Corbin, who's been a stud. Yeah, they might have the best. Come playoff time, they could sneakily – I would love to see Dodgers-Nats. That would be a really fun series. I think I'd rather see Dodgers-Braves for the firepower in the that lineups. Yes. I'm saying first first round, ALD or NLDS. Yeah. That could be good. Your Phillies are toast, right? Uh, no, nah, I think – well. <laughs> The most Phillies thing ever was taking two hard-fought wins in Boston, a two-game sweep, and then Bryce decides it's a, it's a good time to have a child. Um, I don't know who told him he could do that. So he went on paternity leave, and then we just dropped two of three to the Marlins. I think we're two and a half or three out of the wild card. Um, the team has no business being in the playoffs. Even right. if we get the wild card, we're going into Washington against Scherzer. I mean, we'll throw yeah. Nola. Chances are Nola will do what he did today, play a great game, and he won't get – uh, the run support and we'll lose. Um, I'm still They're, riding, it, and we I, still have. Hope. I've had it before. It feels like one of those things where you're 
you almost just want the season to be done because you know even if you get in the playoffs, Nothing it's like happened. not and fake and like you have no chance. Hundred percent. Um, all right, last thing before we go. Did you see what happened? Uh, the Red Sox and Royals game? Oh, yeah, the 15-minute game they had? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things that has happened in sports in the past month. The Royals were playing my Orioles, and the Red Sox were home. And they had, they had delayed, suspended a game, top 10, I want to say one out on August 7th. So they come back two weeks later. No, it was Royals, in July. No, it was in August. The the the, was, the Royals Red Sox game, yeah yeah. Pretty sure it was in July. I'm gonna fact check August, you after this. It was August seventh. I know for a fact. No no, you're so definitely they, wrong. I how much do you want to bet? The the Royals Red Sox game that they just finished. Yes, that was from July. That was from August. I'm looking it up right now. The best part about a podcast and that this is on like it's confirmed. <laughs> Okay, like we, you got on August 7th, you were saying? <laughs> so who's right? Sorry, I just need you to say I was right. Or the, I was misinformed. Okay, you were misinformed. Anyways, game August 7th gets suspended. They come back, top 10, game tied, one out. And the Royals get out in the top. And the Red Sox win. Fans actually, I assume it was free admission because there were only like a couple thousand fans there. But... 12 minutes, the game goes, and then the Royals had to fly. They had to go from Baltimore to Boston, played 12 minutes, and then fly to, I believe, uh, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, that's just classic. And Major League Baseball is looking to speed up the game. Just play halves. And I love it. It was great. They could fit like six games into one. Yeah, quick um, to the point, two winning games. All right, Real Sports fam. Thank you guys for listening to episode 23. Ooh, Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard number 23. Since when does he wear 23 from Madrid? Uh, he, wore, he wore 10 his whole career. According to Google, he, I'm looking at a 23 Eden Hazard. But if not, Ursan Ilyasova also wore 23. I feel like we could be forgetting something. I don't know. We'll put it on RS Pod. On I'll sleep like a baby, I'm sure. If you guys think of anything. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. As always, Fantasy Pod coming on Thursday. So make sure to get your questions in. Uh, Got draft tomorrow. If you're listening to the pod. And then you've made it this far, which we appreciate, like, those diehard listeners. You guys are truly our favorite. DM Abe. So we're going to know you're listening. DM Abe. Abe, what's your Instagram? Uh, Abe underscore Granoff. G-R-A-N-O-F-F. DM Abe your fantasy questions. I want to see how many of you guys made it this far. Um, And if you did, we'll have a little gift for you guys. So thank you guys for listening. Fantasy Pod coming Thursday. As always, thank you. For, uh, from Jack and Abe and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.